Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends. Appreciate you joining us today for Everyday Truth. Have a little card mailed to me by Faye Cunningham. Faye, thank you for this. She's an artist, and she does these little cards. This one is called, uh, His Eye is on the Sparrow, and I Know He Watches Me. Look at that beautiful drawing of that bird. And of course, that reminds us of the passage in Matthew chapter 6, where the Bible teaches that uh, if God knows the sparrows that falls, then he knows all about us and it cares about us. And of course, the, the tune of the song is probably in your mind as well. I'll be honest. I, I love the thought. I, I love the the words. I'm not a big fan of the music of that song. I just don't like the tune, but uh, sorry about that, but I don't. But I do love the, the card. So Faye, thank you for that and for the great reminder of the biblical truth. We are in Mark chapter 13, so starting a brand new chapter today, and this, of course, is uh, the fourth to the last chapter, 13, 14, 15, 16, and we'll be done with the book, so uh, moving right along. Mark chapter 14, or 13, and uh, notice if you would verse number one, Jesus, of course, is in this last week of his life. A last couple of days uh, before his crucifixion. And watch what happens in verse number one. So Mark 13, verse one. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. So to go to Jerusalem, even today, is to be inspired and to be in awe of just the construction. So when you view the, the Temple Mount today, and I would encourage you maybe to Google it or to uh, you know, see a picture of it. Maybe some of you can picture it in your own mind because you've been there. And the best view, by the way, is the view that we're going to talk about in this chapter where Jesus and his disciples are sitting over on the Mount of Olives and looking at the Temple and the Temple Mount. Now today, you can't see the temple, it's not there. But what is there is what we call the Dome of the Rock, which is a Muslim shrine that's been there since the 600s. But uh, in Jesus' day, the temple, the, the great temple that was built by Zerubbabel back in like 536 to 516 BC, which really wasn't as nice as the Solomonic Temple that had been built way back in the, the mid-900s or the early 900s BC and destroyed in 586 BC. But it had been beautified in a, an incredible way by Herod during the days of Jesus. He had not only beautified the temple, but he had also built this huge kind of platform. We call it Temple Mount, this big, flat, platform where he had built these retaining walls. You can still see that today. So you can't see the temple today, but you can see the huge retaining wall structure and the platform that Herod built 2,000 years ago. So it was awe-inspiring. 
And as these disciples are walking out of Jerusalem, as they're walking to the Mount of Olives, they're commenting to Jesus and saying, wow, behold, look at the stones to this temple. Look at how beautiful this temple is. And that would not be an unusual thing. Think about most pilgrims that came to Jerusalem didn't live in Jerusalem. They lived uh, in the outskirts or lived in places like Galilee, which was days away uh, from, from the standpoint of walking to see the temple. So this would be especially inspiring to people that were from Galilee because they're from little villages. And even when they do go to the cities of Galilee, it's nothing like Jerusalem. There's no building like the temple. So this is an amazing sight for them. They just never grew tired of it, how astounding it was. So they're commenting on it right here. Now, we don't know what the temple looked like exactly, but we do have some historical records of it. Uh, for instance, Josephus, the, the historian of Jesus' day, and just after Jesus' day, told us a lot about it, and it, it had marble, and the marble was so fine and so white that sometimes people from a distance said it almost looked like there was snow on Temple Mount because the marble was so, just so special, so illustrious. And then uh, gold, there, there was gold overlaid at many parts of the temple that when the sun hit the gold, it would just make it shine. So it was just an incredible sight. That's one of the reasons why the Romans, when they destroyed the temple in 70 AD, that's one of the reasons why stone was not left upon stone. Well, Jesus predicted that. We're going to see that right here in this passage, that Jesus predicted the, the, the destruction of that temple which no one could envision. And then he also set envisioned or, or predicted that the, the, the stone would not be left upon stone. And that literally took place. Why? Because the Romans were so fastidious about wanting to find all the melted gold that had, that had melted in the fire when they had burned the temple that they literally took every stone apart from every stone to find all the gold that they could find. So this prophecy of Jesus is an amazing prophecy, an amazing fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, today, you can go to Temple Mount and you don't know where the temple was. Now, we assume it was right where the Dome of the Rock is because that's where there's a little outcropping of rock that sticks out above Temple Mount, which is called uh, that that's the dome of the rock. That's that that's the actual bedrock of the mountain. That's where people believe that uh, Abraham offered Isaac, Mount Moriah. So it could be that the temple was right there. Now we don't know that for sure. Some believe it was located a little bit north of that spot, in, in alignment with where the eastern gate is. But wherever it was, we don't know why. Because stone was not left upon stone, just as the Bible predicts here uh, in Mark chapter 13. So look at verse number one again. So as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones, what buildings are here. Look at this incredible temple. So now their mind is on the temple. They're talking about the temple. And watch what Jesus says, verse number two. And Jesus answering said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? 
Are, are you really impressed by what you're seeing? The, these great edifices that you stand in that stand in front of you. Watch what he says. There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So Jesus said, don't be so impressed. Are you so impressed by these buildings? Don't be so impressed because one day it's all going to come tumbling down. Now, that would seem like a ridiculous statement uh, in those days. Are you kidding me? Some of these stones are so big that modern machinery can't even move it. What are you talking about? Of course, Jesus was predicting the destruction of that very temple that would take place in just one generation. In 40 years, this would happen. Look at verse number three. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple. So on over against means on the opposite side. So if you were to go to Israel today, and we've done this, those of you that have joined me on one of my Israel trips, we actually one day, we start on the top of the Mount of Olives and we can get a great panoramic view of the Temple Mount and of Jerusalem itself. And then we walk down what we call Palm Sunday Road and we go all the way to the bottom of the Mount of Olives along an ancient Jewish cemetery and we arrive at the Garden of Gethsemane. And then even further down the hill is the Valley of the Kidron Valley, the Kidron Brook, the Kidron Valley, also called the Valley of Jehoshaphat. And then up the other side, steeply, that's where the Eastern Wall is. That's where the Eastern Gate is. That's where the Temple Mount is. So when the Bible says in verse number three that Jesus is sitting over against the, the temple, he's sitting on the opposite side just kind of gazing across the valley at the beautiful temple. So the subject already has been introduced by the disciple who said, look at this big building. Look at this beautiful building. And Jesus said, you won't see it for long. There's coming a day when stone will not be left upon stone. Now he expands upon that. So look at verse number three. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately. So very interesting because these guys had been with Jesus the longest. We know that Andrew uh, followed Jesus from the very beginning. Remember John chapter one. And we know that Andrew first found his own brother, Peter. Again, John chapter one. And we also know that, um, that, that well, or we surmise and, and I'm confident that John was one of those that followed Jesus first as well, because he's the unnamed partner of Andrew. I, I believe it was John. And then, of course, John's brother is James. And we also know that Peter, James, and John were kind of the, the inner circle, if you will, of Jesus' ministry. And we find them often being exclusively taught by the Lord, whether that be on the Mount of Transfiguration or whether that be... Uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he took them further in to pray, or here, where Peter, Andrew, James, and John are there together. Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, they have a special question, just these four. They want clarification on the temple. They want clarification on Messiah, uh, on the, no doubt, their thought is, when is the kingdom coming? When will you rule and reign? When will we rule and reign with you? That's been on their mind now for months. And, and watch 
what they ask in verse number four. We'll just introduce this today, and then next episode we'll we'll talk about it a bit more. Uh, matter of fact, the entire chapter is the answer to that question. If you have a red letter Bible, you'll notice from verse five until verse thirty-seven, the whole chapter is really Jesus giving an answer to the two-part question that these four men ask him in verse number three. Sometimes we call this speech of the Lord, we call it the Olivet Discourse, so the talk on the Mount of Olives. And you'll see it also in in the book of Matthew, given a little bit more detail there, but we're going to stay right here in the book of Mark and explain it. Verse number four, tell us, these men say, when shall these things be? When, when, when will stone not be left upon stone? When will the temple be destroyed? When is this going to happen? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? So tell us more about the future. Tell us a little bit more about these times of judgment, but, but ultimately looking forward to a time of reclamation at a time of victory when Messiah will come as king. So tell us about this. We want to have more information. There's a certain level of curiosity, I think, in all of us about the future. We want to know, what will I look like 10 years from now? What's going to happen to my children? Uh, What will I do in life? Maybe you're you're a young person. Who will I marry? You know, these are questions that, that we have in our hearts because there's a curiosity about the future. And most things about the future, we don't know. But the Lord strategically has told us some things about the future. And the reason he's done that is so that we can have faith right now in the present. So we can have confidence right now in the present. So we can serve God better right now. So he never gives us information merely for information alone, but he gives us information to strengthen us so that we can be more effective servants of his. So we'll talk about the answer to these two questions next episode. Here they are, ready? When shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? We're gonna answer those questions over the next few episodes. Hope you'll join us for that. Until then, have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.